All right, welcome back to chapter 18, where we're talking about altered mental status, stroke, and headache. Our overview today is going to be altered mental status, stroke, and headache. Case, case study introduction, hurry, he's back here. Miss Hewlett calls out to the EMTs Fred Archuleta and Reese Kemp. I think he's having a stroke. EMTs find John Hewlett, a 69-year-old male, sitting in a chair looking anxious. Mr. Hewlett begins to speak, but his speech is slurred, and there is a noticeable droop on the right side of his face. What would make the EMT suspect the patient might be having a stroke? What other conditions could explain the patient's presentation? How should the EMTs go about determining what the problem is? Again, I encourage you to pause this video, write down the questions, so that you may be able to answer them in the future. All right. Altered mental status has many causes and can place the patient's airway at risk. Early recognition of stroke is critical for proper care. Headaches should be considered a serious symptom that could be caused by an underlying condition. Altered mental status is a dysfunction of the reticular activating system, or RAS, or cerebral hemispheres when it interferes with consciousness. Altered mental status is an indication of significant illness or injury. Causes of altered mental status may be structural or toxic metabolic. Other causes of AMS, shock, drugs that depress the CNS, post-seizure state, infection, cardiac rhythm disturbance, and stroke. Your scene size up. Uh, causes of AMS can be medical or traumatic, so you need to make sure there's no trauma. And if there's no trauma indicated, then you need to focus on what medical condition is causing the altered mental status. Look for the mechanism of injury or clues to the nature of the illness. Collect the patient's medications and remove the patient from a hazardous environment. During your primary, stabilize the spine if indicated. Assess the airway for patency. Assess for breathing adequacy. Assess the need for supplemental oxygen. During your secondary assessment, get a baseline set of vitals, take a history, perform a physical exam, and then what were the signs and symptoms prior to the altered mental status. So if there's anybody there to give you a history about what was going on before the patient became altered, then that's good, but sometimes, um, sometimes there are not people available, so you just have to go off of what you have. Possible findings in trauma, obvious signs of trauma, abnormal respiratory pattern or heart rate, unequal pupils, high or low blood pressure, discoloration around the eyes behind the ears, pale, cool, moist skin, and abnormal flexion or extension. Possible findings in medical emergencies, abnormal vitals, cool, hot, dry, or moist skin, pinpoint, midsize, or unequal pupils, stiff neck, Lacerations to the tongue from a seizure, possibly. Loss of bladder or bowel control, that is called incontinence. And high or low blood glucose reading. Emergency medical care for altered mental status. Spine motion restriction, if indicated. 
maintain the airway, suction as needed. Got to get all that vomitous or bloody secretions from their mouth. Maintain the SpO2 at or above 94%. Ventilate if needed. Position the patient and transport. <clears throat> as you're transporting, you want to do a reassessment. Reassess every five minutes. Look for changes in mental status, airway, breathing, and circulation. And record your vital signs. Stroke is a neurologic deficit resulting from stroke. Um, a deficiency in the nervous system function is called a neurological deficit. A neurological deficit is an indication of a problem affecting the central nervous system. Excuse me. An acute stroke. Time is a critical factor in stroke management. EMTs can make a significant difference through early recognition and transport. The American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, developed the mnemonic FAST to quickly recognize a possible stroke. And we'll go over FAST in just a few minutes. Time is a critical factor in stroke management. EMTs can make... Uh, okay, so they're, they're repeating this again. So that if you can see, the first two bullets are repeated. They just add up stroke patients. Well, it's obvious because we're talking about strokes. All right, the pathophysm, before we go any further, FAST, which you see this mnemonic right here, F-A-S-T, where uh, F is for face, A is for arms, S is for speech, T is for time. So, excuse me. <clears throat> for face, we're going to look for a noticeable droop on either side. Uh, you're not necessarily going to see a droop on both sides. Um, usually a stroke happens on one side of the brain. So if you see a droop on the right side, you can, you can, uh, guarantee that the stroke is happening or the blockage or the bleed, bleed is happening on the left side. Um, so a noticeable droop in the face, arms, we want to do an arms test and, and, and during class, the class periods, I'll show you how to do this test, but you want to have the patient put their palms in the air, stick their arms out straight and raise them up. And if you see a droop of one of the arms, then you possibly have a stroke patient. Then their speech. You can ask them to say a sentence. Um, not, nothing too difficult, nothing too long, but you, long enough to where you can tell if their speech is slurred. And if there's anybody there, you can ask, is this how they normally talk? And if they say no, then you know the speech is slurred. So if you can couple one or two or three of those um, indications from that fast assessment, then you um, definitely need to be treating your patient as a stroke patient. The T in FAST stands for time. So um, if there's someone around, and hopefully there is, you need to ask them, when was the last time you seen this person normal? And that kind of gives you a um, time frame of when they possibly started having a stroke. Okay. Pathophysiology of a stroke. Cerebral circulation and the ischemic penumbra. Cerebral arteries can develop collateral, collateral circulation. Collateral circulation is often inadequate. Ischemic cells can become electrically silent until circulation is restored. The area of the silent cells is called an ischemic penumbra. Let's see right here. It's giving you some of the anatomy of the brain. If you look at the sub subarachnoid hemorrhage right here you're going to see bleeding in the subarachnoid space 
um, which is going to be under your hemorrhagic stroke. Hemorrhagic, remember hemorrhage means bleeding. Uh, intracerebral hemorrhage, we see bleeding inside the brain. So um, this, this could, this, these are both causes of a hemorrhagic stroke. Um, over here, you're going to see ischemic stroke, which is a thrombus. Remember, we talked about the last chapter, a thrombus is a blockage. So that blockage occurs here. Um, then we have an embolus. An embolus will uh, break off and then block the smaller uh, artery here, causing... So your thrombus can be a thrombolytic stroke, and then you can have an embolus break off, and then you can have a stroke caused by an embolism, which just blocks the blood flow to a certain part of the brain, causing a stroke. Okay, ischemia, infarction, and collateral flow. We see the, 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 the black tissue here is death. You see this artery. They don't have it as bright red as usual. So we look at this blown up picture. And we see where the thrombus occurs here and st stops the blood flow to this artery and to this part of the brain. All right, click on the statement that best describes the throm thrombotic stroke. If you chose D, you are correct. A thrombotic stroke is a type of ischemic stroke in which a blood clot forms at a site of atherosclerosis within an artery in the brain, obstructing the blood flow. Types of strokes. Stroke caused by a blockage is referred to as an ischemic stroke. And a stroke caused by a rupture and bleeding is referred to as a hemorrhagic stroke. It is difficult to distinguish between types of strokes in the pre-hospital setting because we don't have the type of equipment that we need to, um, to scan and do all that kind of stuff. Ischemic strokes occur when the cerebral artery is blocked by a clot or other foreign matter. A clot that develops at the site of occlusion is called a thrombus. Patients with an ischemic stroke may be eligible to receive fibrinolytic drugs, which is a clot bluster. Uh, atrial fibrillation can uh, precipitate an ischemic stroke. Atrial fibrillation is an irregular uh, fluttering of the atriums of the heart. Hemorrhagic strokes uh, results from the rupture of a weakened cerebral artery. High blood pressure can precipitate a hemorrhagic stroke. Hemorrhagic strokes are usually caused by an aneurysm or an arteriovenous malform malformation, or AVM. Hemorrhagic stroke signs and symptoms um, depend on the area of the brain where the hemorrhage occurs. Because certain parts of our cerebral hemispheres uh, control certain parts or certain things in our body. Common signs include nausea, include nausea and vomiting, headache, and decreased level of consciousness. It is difficult to distinguish between the two types of stroke in the field. There we go. The stroke patient will often suffer paralysis affecting the face and extremities on one side of the body. So we see this patient has some, some deficits on paralysis and, 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 and droop on the right side of her body, which means that 
her stroke occurred or her hemorrhagic or ischemic stroke occurred on the left side. All right, stroke or transient ischemic attack. Transient ischemic, ischemic attack or TIA. Um, we'll talk about this, but the symptoms disappear um, usually in a T TIA, uh, usually within one hour. The emergency care for a TIA is the same for a stroke. So like we talked about in cardiac cardiovascular emergencies, it could be angina, angina but we're going to treat it as an MI and get your patient to the hospital. So same thing as if we have a transient ischemic attack or TIA, we're going to treat that as a normal stroke and we're going to get our patients to the hospital as quick as we can. Signs and symptoms of a stroke include sudden onset of weakness or paralysis, facial droop, anterior and posterior circulation strokes. It is rare that paralysis from a stroke affects both extremities on both sides of the body. So just one side you're going to be looking for. Transient ischemic attack. Many of the same signs and symptoms as a stroke. Most TIAs resolve in less than five minutes, within the average being one minute. 10 to 20% risk of a stroke in the subsequent 90 days. Half of these within 28, 24 to 48 hours. So 10 to 20% of the people with the TIA are still at risk of a stroke. Okay, So um, they still need to go to the hospital and get checked out. Cryptogenic stroke can't be attributed to a specific cause. Thought to be a secondary uh, to be secondary to atrial fibrillation. Assessment-based approach to strokes and TIAs determine the nature of the problem on your scene size up and note where the patient is found. During your primary, assess the airway and suction as needed. Position the patient. Use an airway adjunct as needed. Assess for inadequate breathing and abnormal breathing uh, patterns. Apply oxygen if the SpO2 is less than 94%. In your secondary, uh, findings suspicious for stroke include sudden weakness of face or extremities, trouble speaking and or difficulty seeing, problems walking or loss of balance or coordination, and sudden and severe headache. Pre-hospital stroke screen, uh, screening tools are the Cincinnati Pre-Hospital Stroke Scale, Los Angeles Pre-Hospital Stroke Screen, Miami Emergency Neurologic uh, neurologic deficit, rapid arterial occlusion evaluation, scale and large vessel occlusion, and um, you need to know uh, the two different types of stroke centers. Um, but most, the two types of stroke centers, most of these uh, stroke centers now are going to be uh, just one stroke center, no matter if it's TIA or a regular stroke, because you just don't know. You're just going to get them to a stroke center. Um, Let's see if we go over these notes here. All right. Let me make this a little bit bigger for us. And I see that they uh, got some really small um, writing here. So, oh my goodness. It's really small. So I'm going to try to blow it up. There we go. Okay. So let's read over these uh, different stroke um, screening tools. The Cincinnati Pre-Hospital Stroke Scale tests for facial droop by having the patient show their teeth or make a smile, arm drift by having the patient close their eyes and hold both arms straight out in front of them for 10 seconds, and abnormal speech pattern and muscle paralysis by having the patient say 
You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Los Angeles Pre-Hospital Stroke Screen takes into consideration other possible causes of altered mental status, such as hypoglycemia, hyperglycemia, or seizures, and requires a physical test of asymmetry or unequal amount of strength, which you will have the patient like grab both your hands and squeeze. The information gathered in the uh, LAPSS is age greater than 45 years, history of seizures or epilepsy, duration of the symptoms, wheelchair or bedridden status of the patient, and blood glucose level. Asymmetry of strength is assessed by testing the facial smile or grimace grip and arm strength. The Miami Emergency Neurological Deficit Scale is more comprehensive than CPSS and takes approximately three minutes to complete. Uh, the MEND, is what it's called, exam is based on CPSS and adds elements of the National Institute of Health Stroke Scale that also evaluates posterior circulation. This should enable EMS providers to better assess for stroke and ensure transport to the primary stroke center or a medical facility that provides stroke care. The MEND exam uh, assesses mental status, cranial nerves, and limbs. Under the mental status check, AFPU, which is alert, verbal, painful, and unresponsive, uh, speech and the ability to answer questions and obey commands are assessed. The cranial nerves are assessed for facial droop, visual fields, and horizontal gaze. The limb sections test motor and sensory function by assessing for arm drift, leg drift, ability to feel touch and pain in the arms and legs, and coordination in the arms and legs. The rapid arterial occlusion evaluation, or RACE, scale is a large vessel occlusion stroke. A large vessel occlusion, also known as an emergent large vessel occlusion, is a stroke caused by a blockage of a large cerebral artery. Large vessel occlusion has the highest mortality rate and worst patient outcomes among all strokes because the blockage of a large artery cuts off blood flow to a large area of the brain. The two primary treatment options for strokes are thrombolytic drugs and interventional endovascular procedures, which are similar to cardiac catheterization but involve the cerebral arteries instead. To remove the clot, thrombolytic drugs alone are, uh, excuse me, thrombolytic drugs alone uh, typically aren't enough to remove the clot in an LVO. Um, the most effective treatment in, is a combination of thrombolytic drug and an endovascular procedure. Okay, so on the race scale, we're gonna look for facial palsy, which is the droop, okay? Show their teeth, make an exaggerated smile, um, arm motor function, have the patient extend the arms 90 degrees, the patient is, uh, if sitting, or 45 degrees is supine. Um, assess if the patient can lift their arms and hold them up for 10 seconds without drifting downward. Leg motor function, have the patient lift each leg one at a time to 30 degrees in a supine patient. Assess if the patient can lift their legs and hold each one up at a, at a time for 5 seconds without drifting downward. Head and gaze deviation. Observe the eyes and head for a deviation to one side. If the head or eyes are deviated to one side, ask the patient to look toward the opposite side of the gaze. Inability and understanding. Let me see. Okay. Aphasia on the right side deficit. If the patient has right side weakness or paralysis on the previous motor function assessment, perform the aphasia assessment. Aphasia is assessing or difficulty in or an inability to in understanding spoken word spoken or written words ask the patient to one close their eyes and two make up fists agnosia uh, left side deficit 
If the patient has left side weakness or paralysis on the previous motor function assessment, perform the agnosia assessment. Agnosia is the inability to recognize familiar objects. Have the patient lift the affected uh, extremity and ask the patient, one, whose arm is this, and two, can you move your arm? Each item is scored from zero to two. Zero, indicating no deficit or normal, two, having the most severe deficit. All right. Okay. Oh, 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 go back, go back. Ah, uh, okay, here we go. Get a history in your secondary assessment, perform a physical exam, and obtain baseline vitals. Dangers of administering too much oxygen in a stroke. Free radicals cause tissue damage. Um, provide oxygen titrated to 94%. All right. Figure A, the face of a non-stroke patient has normal symmetry on the left there. And figure B, the face of a stroke patient often has an abnormal drooped appearance on one side. Figure A, a patient who has not suffered a stroke can generally hold arms in an extended position with eyes closed. B, a stroke patient will often display arm drift or pronator drift. That is, one arm will remain extended when held outward with eyes closed, but the other arm will drift or drop downward and pronate, turn the palm downward. It's shown in, on the right side. Okay, the Cincinnati Pre-Hospital Stroke Scale. I'm not going to read these things to you because I just read them in the notes. You need to look at this figure and learn it. Same thing for the Los Angeles Pre-Hospital Stroke Scheme. Uh, stroke and transient ischemic attack are conditions that may result from non-traumatic brain injury. Loss of speech, speech, sensory or motor function, and altered mental status are among the possible signs and symptoms. Facial asymmetry is a common sign. So look over these signs and symptoms, uh, the general signs and symptoms of a stroke. Okay, emergency medical care, maintain the patient's airway. Suction as needed, assist ventilation as needed, and maintain adequate oxygenation and position the patient. Uh, you might want to, if the patient is comfortable sitting up, that's great, but if they think that, if you think they're going to vomit, you might want to put them on their side. Okay, place the unresponsive patient in the left lateral recumbent position if spinal injury isn't suspected. Patient is unresponsive. We want to minimize vomiting. Place a responsive patient in a supine position with the head and chest elevated in if spinal injury isn't suspected. Uh, your emergency medical care, check the blood glucose level, protect paralyzed extremities, and rapid transport. Reassess every three to five minutes. All right, headaches may be a condition in itself or can be symptoms of another condition. Types of headaches are vascular headaches, which include migraines and hypertension. Cluster headaches, tension headaches, organic traction, or inflammatory headaches. And again, let me look at the notes here, see what they give us. Ah, yes. Vascular headaches occur because of dilation or distension of vessels or inflammation within the cranium. Migraine headaches are thought to be caused by spasms of vessels followed by vasodilation and a change in the chemicals that transmit nervous impulses in the brain. Migraines are often described as throbbing and can be generalized or localized to one side of the head. The patient also commonly experiences sensitivity to light, nausea, vomiting, and sweating. 
Uh, a vascular headache can also be caused by hypertension, typically reaching a diastolic blood pressure of 120 millimeters of mercury for a headache to occur. So that's a really high, low number. It's not going to be good. Cluster headaches are headaches that occur rep repetitively in clusters. They are similar to migraines because they are believed to have a vascular origin. Tension headaches are thought to be caused by contraction of muscles in the neck and scalp. The pain is usually described as tight or vice-like. This is the most common type of recurring headache found in children, adolescents, and adults. Organic headaches are also called traction or inflammatory headaches. These are simply headache conditions, but rather are symptoms. Um, these aren't simply headache conditions, but are rather are symptoms of another condition. They may be may be a result of tumors, infection, stroke, or inflammatory disorders within the cranium such as hemorrhage or meningitis. Okay, your assessment for headaches. Suspect a serious underlying condition with any of the following findings, altered mental status, motor or sensory deficit, behavior change, and seizure. First experience of this type of headache with abrupt onset, um, worsening of pain with coughing, sneezing, or bending over, fever or stiff neck, and change in quality of chronic headache. Emergency medical care, establish and maintain an airway, be prepared to suction, assess and maintain adequate ventilation, administer oxygen for SpO2 of greater than 94%. Um, for an SpO2 of less than 94%, that should be not greater. Position for comfort, be prepared for seizures and transport. All right, because of Mr. Hewlett's slurred speech, both EMTs are immediately aware of the potential for airway compromise. Fred carefully assesses the airway and breathing as Reese asks Mr. Mr. Hewlett what happened. Mr. Hewlett is alert and appears frustrated at his difficulty in making himself understood. Fred assures him that they will quickly do what they need to do and then will get him to the hospital for further assessment and care. Fred's stroke scale assessment confirms the facial droop and difficulty speaking and reveals a slight weakness of Mr. Hewlett's left hand. Mr. Hewlett is able to maintain a sitting position, so the EMTs position him in semi-fowler's position on the stretcher. Meanwhile, Reese was able to obtain information from Ms. Hewlett, including the time of onset of signs and symptoms, which the EMTs know will be important in determining Mr. Hewlett's ongoing treatment in the hospital. All right, our lesson summary. Causes of altered mental status include structural and metabolic causes, metabolic toxic causes. Strokes may be ischemic or hemorrhagic. Time is of the essence and the management of a stroke. All right, we'll see you next time.